the tones of Herb Albert and Two Hundred Brass herald another episode of Fangraphs Audio. Hello, I'm Carson Sestouli, host of Fangraphs Audio. Earlier this week, full-time employee of Fangraphs, Dave Cameron, submitted for the readership's approval a post called More Predictions That Will Be Wrong. In fact, uh, this was basically a sequel to a piece he'd written last year, Predictions That Will Be Wrong. Both pieces, as you might imagine, are full of predictions uh, that, in fact, will probably be wrong. We take a cue from Mr. Cameron's piece, and in fact, we make a whole pod of it. Uh, and what follows, you will hear Cameron himself, and plus uh, our man from the frozen north, Matt Clausen, and our man from that biggest of apples, Joe Polakowski, give their opinions on things like who may or may not win the Cy Young Award, the MVP, and who we might see in the World Series. Moreover, if you think good taste prevented one of our panelists from mentioning Evan Longoria's recent gun-related kerfuffle, uh, then you'd be mistaken, and you'd have more faith in the panelists uh, than you should. Some combination of able analysis and mockery of English to follow on this episode of Fangraphs Audio. Uh, it's with some combination of fear and trembling uh, that I introduce today's panel on a uh, on a season preview-ish uh, sort of podcast. Joining us from the American South via cell phone, I guess, um, owing to some um, technical malfunctions, is Dave Cameron. Dave, how are you? Uh, besides not being able to get into Skype, I'm fine. Yeah. Hey, Dave, uh, t- totally unrelated question, but I was actually just reading this week's um, Baseball America, and I was reading about uh, the, f- the the minor league team in Kinston, uh, Kinston, yep. North Carolina, the Kinston Indians. Yeah. I guess they're in their last year. Have you have you ever been to that stadium? I have. It's uh, Kinston's a uh, how do I put it? It's not the best town in America. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, but but they've had quite a baseball following there for something like fifty years, right? Yeah, that's because there's absolutely nothing else to do. Right. And did you? Uh, is it at least a pleasant stadium experience, or was it? Uh, it, you know, it's it's uh, kind of what you'd expect from a run downtown class A baseball. It's not bad. It's not I mean I've had worse stadium experiences, but I, I think that there's a good reason they're leaving. So it doesn't sound like you're really bemoaning their departure. I, you know, I, I know that there are people in Kimston who are gonna miss my league baseball. I am not going to miss uh driving to Kimston. Okay. And I will probably never do that ever again. Okay, right. Um well now that that's established. Uh, very good. Uh moving on uh and up uh, the coast there to uh, the biggest of apples we have Joe Polakowski joining us. Joe? How are you doing, Carson? Hey, Joe. How are you? Uh, pretty well. This is my second podcast in about an hour, so if uh, if I develop laryngitis during this, please forgive me. Um, I won't, but in addition to that, I will say that your voice sounds excellent, and it's because you have one of those condenser mics. Is that right? Yeah, yeah really really fancy equipment up here in, uh, in New York. You sound just like super masculine, and having met you, I know that's not really the case at all. Oh, gee, thanks, Carson. <laughs> Uh, very good. Now, you, uh, the other podcast you're talking about there is one you do. You do that with Exisa and K-Back or just one of the other? Uh, it's, just, it's usually just me and Exisa. Yeah, that, that guy That guy has a brilliant voice, too. I bet it sounds brilliant on that podcast. Yeah, we get a lot of Artie Lang comments. You know, <laughs> I want to say that when I was uh, thinking of casting uh, Fangrass the movie, I, wa- I was thinking Artie Lang with Exisa, but it doesn't sound like you could ever uh, make that any sort of compliment. Uh I mean, do, what is I don't it? know. I, I, I laughed or? at Beer League. You laughed what is that? I laughed at Beer League. Beer League? 
Oh right, yeah. But listen, it, does does he? How does he feel about the comparisons? I, you know, what? honestly, I haven't asked him about it because I, I don't think he find, I, I wouldn't think he'd consider it a flattering one. No, right. I wouldn't think so. Although Artie Lang is very funny. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, and now, finally, uh, moving all the way up into the frozen north, uh, we're joined by the author of um, the Toronto Blue Jays preview, the controversial Toronto Blue Jays preview, Matt Clausen. <laughs> How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing uh, good. The sun is actually shining here, which is uh, unusual for this time of year. Right. Now, Clausen, um, you've been seeing other pods, too. Is that right? Well, you know, you know, I didn't know we were exclusive. Uh, no, I, so I, I, no, I, I wasn't. You know, listen, is that an understanding we had? No, no, we, no it's I, an open I was under that impression. We had an open relationship. I'm not doing anything with them I haven't done with this podcast. <laughs> That's disgusting. Uh, okay, very good. Now, uh, as I mentioned briefly, but we'll um, state now in greater length, uh, today's uh, podcast, of course, being situated, we're recording the, the very day before the uh, opening day. Uh, will, of course, be dedicated mostly to sort of celebrating opening day and then you know, making some um, um, some rash um, predictions about the season. And in a nod to Dave Cameron's uh, post of a couple days ago, I think we're going to call it more and wronger predictions. Uh, right after Dave, uh, your post called uh, more predictions that will be wrong. Uh, we'll be looking at some of those, um, you know, maybe some award winners, some random guesses, uh, th- that sort of thing. Let's start off with you, Cameron. Uh, your your respective MVP picks um, for for the season. We'll just get right into it. Yeah, I went with Adrian Gonzalez of the American League and Troy Tulowitzki in the National League. I think Tulowitzki actually has a pretty good chance of deserving the award as a shortstop who can play both ways and you know hit really well. And I think Colorado's going to win that division, so I think Tulowitzki is actually going to be a good pick. Uh, Gonzalez, I think you know he's a classic slugger. Uh, is going to get a lot of RBIs in that lineup, and the Red Sox are going to win a lot of games. So anytime you have a cleanup hitter with a lot of homers and RBIs on a winning team, you know he's going to get votes. I don't think Gonzalez will be the best player in the American League, but I think you know if Boston wins that division handily, he's going to be seen as the engine that propelled them over the top and allowed them to get, get back to the playoffs, and he's going to get a lot of maybe undeserved MVP votes. So when you're, when you're talking about the, maybe that gap that occurs between the actual talent, of a, or I shouldn't say talent, but the actual production of a player as measured, say, by wins above replacement, and then that player's MVP uh, consideration, do you think that the, the, the that gap is usually defined by RBIs, uh, team winning yeah, percentage? Yeah, certainly. Uh, I, I think RBIs are, are clearly the largest factor. I mean, you could argue maybe team winning percentage just because the voters generally won't vote for players on losing teams, but I think, by and large, if you ran a correlation of RBIs and MVP votes, it was very, very strong. By it, in most cases, the MVP goes to the guy who drove in the most runs on a winning team. Okay, yeah, and then uh, who, but who was your vote, do you think, for, for best player in the American League? I went with Joe Maurer, uh, simply because I think Joe Maurer is, you know, better than he showed at times last year. I think the power of a couple of years ago is still in there. Uh, I don't think he's going to revert back to being a 10-home run guy. And uh, as a catcher in the American League, you know, there just aren't that many other options. <laughs> you know, the drop-off between Maurer and, uh, you know, the next tier of catchers is pretty substantial. And so I think there's a significant value gap. And um, I, I'm not sure that the Twins are going to win the division. I've actually changed my pick and gone with the White Sox. So we're leaning with the Twins for most of the the uh, spring training. But I think uh, now I think the White Sox are going to win that division. So I don't think Maurer will get the votes that he maybe should. But I do think he's probably going to be the best player in the American League this year. Um, you, you know, when I was looking over the Oliver projections, and, uh, and you know, I don't know exactly how you feel about those generally, but I was noticing that um, what you see at least a lot 
for the ones that aren't adjusted for playing time, although they're sort of adjusted for like a generic catcher playing time, um, is is that you see a lot of catchers um, sort of higher up the, the the war ranks than one might expect. Is that I mean, does that just show us how valuable um, offensively oriented catchers um, are can, or can be? Well, I think that probably plays into the fact that we don't measure catcher defense very well. So I think you're going to see on almost any war catcher projection list, you're going to see a guy like Mike Napoli do pretty well, when in reality he's not really a catcher, and most major league teams wouldn't use him at catcher. And I think you could make a similar argument with a guy like Jesus Montero, although I'm sure Joe will argue with that. But I think there are a lot of offensive-minded guys who aren't really catchers who get listed at catcher because they can theoretically sit back there, uh, you know, the Jake Foxes of the world, they aren't actually catchers, and so when you look at the actual pool of players who will get playing time when the season actually plays out, it's going to look different than a projected war list before the season. Right, okay. Hey, Joe Paul, so uh, your MVPs, uh, I don't know where you are with regard to Cameron on these. Well, uh, in the AL, I've got Evan Longoria. If for no other reason that the writers will feel very threatened by the knowledge that he has a gun and will, it, it will probably not hesitate to use it. Are you suggesting on this podcast that you think Evan Longoria will kill someone if they don't vote for him? Carson, I think the implied threat is enough for the voters to vote for him. <laughs> okay. But you know, you know, he has—he's had the—you know—he's always credited as having the most valuable contract in the league. And this year, he actually crosses the million barrier. He's going to make like two million dollars this year. Yeah. So that's, what that, better that, way? That—that's that, almost as much as a uh, Jeff Rancourt is going to make this year. Yeah. So, but what better way the, to continue having the best contract in the league than you know the year you break the million barrier, winning the MVP? Right. Yeah. When was the million barrier actually broken? Was it like it was like Nolan Ryan in nineteen seventy eight or something like that? I don't know. There was a Sports Illustrated Vault article they linked to very recently that uh, that kind of chronicled that it was it was about Ryan Sandberg seven point one million. Oh, 7.1. which was apparently a huge deal in nineteen ninety two. Right, Cameron. Do you remember the first million dollar contract? I thought it was Ricky Henderson. I could yeah, be wrong, but I thought, really, I thought I'm, pretty it was... certain, I'm pretty certain it's Nolan Ryan. Okay, Clawson, you were you were uh, I mean you were in your 20s probably when it happened. So you, do you, were, you were there for it, right? In my late 20s, yes. <laughs> okay, and but do you remember? Was it Nolan Ryan? Uh, I you know youngsters like that. I just kind of stopped following baseball at that point because it wasn't the game I remember as a youth. <laughs> That's a funny thing you just said. Okay, uh, Joe Paul. Uh, so we had Ed Longoria. Who else? Uh, and in the uh, in the National League now. Oh, uh, just to get back to our thing from before, it was Nolan Ryan in 1979 made 1.13 million. All right, all right, all right, all right. We we'll continue on. All right, no, so no going on to the National the League. Podcast. At least we didn't hear your keyboard typing because that would sort of up the nerd ante to a level of unsafe levels. All right, so <laughs> in the National League, you have to follow my logic here, and it's kind of the the logic that they've employed uh, with picking Adrian Gonzalez in the American League. You're looking for the guy who's going to be the story. Remember, the writers vote on this. The writers love RBIs, they love home runs, and they love a guy who's a good story. And that's why I'm picking Ryan Howard. Because I think he's going to hit 45 bombs this year, he's going to drive in 130-some-odd runs, and he's going to be by far the biggest contributor to that offense. I think Philly's going to win that division, and I think if, if they do, and Ryan Howard's a big contributor, he'll get an overwhelming amount of MVP support. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, hey, Cameron, you said something about Ryan Howard in your random guess. Do you think he's going to have a better season with something like you said? Yeah, I think uh, I think Joe's actually got a pretty good point. Howard finishes in the top five in MVP voting every year, even if he hits 210. I mean, vote, voters just, like, reflexively vote for this guy. I think uh, Evan Longoria might actually be threatening them with a gun if they don't vote for Ryan Howard. 
Uh, and so I think he's, he's right. With Chase Utley on the shelf, Howard's going to have a better year numerically, I think. I mean, he's due for a bounce back, and, uh, you know, he's going to get a lot of credit for, you know, carrying that offense. And, you know, if they do make the playoffs, I think everyone's going to look at Ryan Howard and be like, he made this whole thing work, and that's why, you know, Jimmy Rollins was able to steal 70 bases, and that's why, you know, Placido Polanco could walk on water, and Ryan Howard will get a lot of credit for things that other players do. So I think Joe's actually got a pretty good point. Oh, that's a first. Clausen, uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's a first that Cameron would notice it at least. Um, Clausen, you're the only one who hasn't made reference to firearms. Um, what do you think? Well, you know, I'm a Mennonite, so firearms aren't really my thing. Yeah, I see that. Well, how about uh, choosing MVPs? Uh, well, I think I got. I hate to go along with. I think I have to go with Adrian. Uh, sorry, no, that's that's wrong. Adrian Gonzalez is a good is a good argument uh, for the AL. Uh, but but you know, I actually think I have to agree with Joe here. I think Evan Longoria is not only going to win it. I think he's going to deserve it. Uh, Joe Maurer is a great player, and he may still be the best player. Uh, Per uh, amount of time played, I, you know, I have to, you know, I, I actually think it's, I think Longoria is the best player, but I also think that he won't play quite as much simply because he's a catcher. And, you know, he's had a, a few uh, injury problems here and there. I mean, it's not uh, severe. And I also think when you talk about stories, uh, I think, you know, without getting too much to AL Central, I think it's going to be a tight race. I think there's going to be so much surprise that Tampa, among the voters, that is, uh, that Tampa Bay is still in it. I can't believe they sur- they're surviving without, you know, Carlos Pena, you know, even though he was terrible last year. And of course, Crawford, he was awesome last year. And so I think, I think, I think Longoria is going to be a big story. Uh, and, uh, and rightfully so. And so I think he'll be the rightful AL MVP in the NL, uh, I want to use what we'll dub the Adrian Gonzalez principle in honor of, of Dave, but maybe the Joe Carter principle. Uh, I think Albert Pujols is the best player in the National League. Uh, he's a, like, in case you're not familiar, he's the first baseman for the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he's honestly, also, he'll... I would say, uh, the other day on Knockrafts when I was doing uh, a post asking for a number of, um, asking for people's fantasy team names and sort of a best of list, uh, there are a lot of people who use the first baseman of the Cardinals uh, name to what I would say, not very good effect to, uh, to, to disgust uh, me and make little baby Jesus cry. But continue. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, they don't like you know writers. They just don't like you know. It's like Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays in the fifties. They could have won it pretty much every year, uh, but they did, you know they should have almost every year, uh, but they they didn't. People don't like to do that. And you see that in multiple sports. And you know, I don't know. You can make an argument for a lot of people. I really like Tulo as a player. I'm gonna say uh, Prince Fielder. As you guys know, I'm a big numbers guy. And I liked it here originally to save metric principles. And if you notice, uh, this is a very important one. There are some players who are good every other year. Yeah. And I think that's sometimes forgotten is sort of founding bedrock of player projection. And uh, that's Prince. Uh, 2007, he hits 50 jacks, has an ISO isolated power of a 330. 2008, he's back down, you know, 34 home runs, an isolated power of a mere 231. Uh, 2009. He's got a 303 ISO, 46 home runs. Last season, just 209, uh, 32 home runs. So this is his year. And honestly, I think uh, I think Weeks uh, and 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 Braun. I can't remember who hits three and four. I'm pretty sure Fielder hits fourth. Uh, and and McGee in front of him uh, will get on base enough. Certainly in Weeks' case, in Braun's case, and I think the Brewers are probably going to win that division. I mean, it's uh, I shouldn't say probably, but they're certainly going to be in it. Uh, well, they did. They had, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, they had the, the sort of the best uh, offense in the National League per uh, weighted runs above average. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, but seriously, I mean that. <laughs> that's my, is that my first one of the season? Uh, the uh, I think Prince is gonna Prince is gonna have a good year. He won't deserve it, and I, but I think there also might also be some since the BWAAWA is uh, getting younger. There might also be some voters who give him some ironic votes for intentional comedy uh, with him and Unieski Betancourt uh, both on the diamond at the same time. Right. Okay. Uh, so there we go. Uh, um, some. I don't know if any of these will be right, but uh, I guess only time will tell. Luckily, we're not going to come back. Oh, you did not just drop that, Carson. What? Time will tell. <laughs> well, what if I say uh, only time Seriously, will tell? Seriously, Carson. Only least time. favorite cliche. <laughs> least favorite cliche of all times. It is? Oh, yeah. I, I, you didn't know. I set up a website just trying to point out all the instances I could find of time will tell last year. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, that sounds. That was a, uh, that, was a jo- that was a Jonah Carey inspired project. Industrious. Well, uh, well, very good. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I, that's how I really feel. And sometimes when you're making a transition in uh, podcasting, <laughs> it's necessary to say something. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Well, well fine. We'll <laughs> see. Um, we don't know what the answer is, but those are predictions. Anyways, how about Cy Youngs? What do you think, Joe Paul? Oh, you put me on the spot, and of course you're going to put me on the spot because Cameron took my perpetual prediction uh, for A.L. Cy Young and John Lester. Uh, why, do you so like, I'm going, why do you tell me why you like Lester so much? Because he's got the, he's got the combination of ground balls, uh, strikeouts, and usually good control. He kind of uh, floundered in that area last year, at least compared to the previous two years. Uh, so I do like John Lester, but in the interest of being fair and not copycatting anyone, uh, I'm going to switch my pick to Evan Longoria. Uh, Evan Longoria. David. <laughs> Man, this going to be a good year for Evan Longoria. <laughs> Evan Longoria will be the ultimate two-way player. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with David Price. Uh, Assuming that he finds that slider, as the story has been this this spring, if he adds that to his arsenal, he's going to be a really dangerous pitcher. Uh, wait a second, though. What, uh, isn't isn't Price the same guy who's who uh, sort of outperformed his his uh, peripheral numbers or component numbers by like a full run last year? Yeah, but th- there there are times when that can catch up to you. I know John Lester outperformed his per- per- uh, peripherals in 2008, and everything kind of caught up, and you know he started to his peripherals started to match his ERA okay. instead of the way around. All right, Cameron, do you have another reason? We'll get back to your National League pick. Cameron, do you have another reason for uh, for liking Lester than the ones Joe Paul mentioned just there? Well, I mean, I think Lester is obviously a talented pitcher. If you were going to you know, put together the five or six best pitchers in the American League, Lester would be in that group. Um, but I think, you know, from a context perspective, the Red Sox are going to win a lot of games, and John Lester is probably going to rack up, you know, 18 to 20 wins. And he had, uh, you know, he beat cancer. So he's possibly the easiest guy to vote for an award in all of baseball on, and uh you know, as a popular uh, media-liked guy in a big city with a good backstory who's going to win a lot of games and post a low ERA, it's tough to find another guy who's got that kind of context that will be going for him when the writers go to the other battles. Okay, so it, will he be the best pitcher in the AL? He could be. I mean, I think, uh, you know, there's probably five or six guys who are all very similar in terms of true talent, that any one of them could have a better year than the others. Lester's in the mix where it's not absurd to say that he could... You know, finish the year at the top of the war leaderboards or first and exit or whatever you wanted to say. Um, but I would say that none of those other guys have the story and likely team oriented success that Lester has. So I would, that's probably the reason why I would put him as the favorite. And so I assume that you're, uh, putting Colby Lewis among that group of five or six best pitchers. Is that right? Uh, absolutely not. Okay. Joe Paul, your National League guy? It, this is going to be a little out of the box and I'm probably getting a little derision for it. Uh, I'm going to go with. Okay. Nope. Huh, who? James Shields. I am not going with James Shields. <laughs> not for the National League, hopefully. Uh, well, well, he would get traded. In the National League, he'd probably be a seven-win pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm going to go with Chris Carpenter, surprisingly. Just because I think he has so much on the line. He has the $15 million option, which, I mean, if he pitches well, the Cardinals really have little choice on the matter. I mean, if he pitches well, they kind of have to pick it up uh, if they if they plan to do anything next year. Uh, and I you know I think that you know he's got he's kind of the guy in the in, in, on his team now with Wainwright out. And you know considering everything the Cardinals have going this year, I think he's going to have a good year and kind of make the Cardinals think a lot about that option at the end of the year. Well, is that sort of like I, you know we had a couple mentions of. Uh, Ryan Howard's name on, you know, and and it seems like maybe Ryan Howard, even if he produced, you know, like his usual season, uh, if the Phillies play well uh, without Chase Utley, uh, it will make Ryan Howard look better. Do you think that maybe, uh, you know, if the Cardinals, if they're contending for the, um, you know, the NL Central uh, by the end of the season or at the end of the season without Adam Wainwright, do you think that that (coughs) sort of makes Carpenter look better then? Well, I don't think it'll be as great an effect because I really th- I like I like a lot of guys in that Cardinals rotation. I think Jaime Garcia, you know, he's not going to have the year he had last year. His ERA is not going to end below three uh, again. But you know, I like him long term. Yeah, I think they have a couple other guys that they can uh, they can get some mileage out of this year. And so I don't think the effect is going to be that great, but it's it's going to loom a little bit, I think. Um, and you know, I understand the implications of picking. I mean, just think about how many great pitchers there are in the NL. I'm thinking about I, it right now. Should, should we all just think about it quietly? Is that what you're advocating? Yeah, sure. Well, well, one minute want. moment of silence. Yeah, okay. Moment of silence for the for the five or six or seven or eight better pitchers in the NL than Chris Carpenter. Uh, but I think yeah, by the end of the season, I think he's going to rack up enough innings and enough wins that he'll, uh, he'll be on top of most ballots. Well, only time will tell, Joe Paul. Uh, Dave Cameron, uh, your National League pick? Uh, I also went out of the box. Some guy, very little accolades. Uh, someone that most people probably don't know that much about. Uh, a guy named Roy Halladay, I think, is uh, pretty good, and uh, I think he's going to throw a lot of innings and get a lot of wins and post a low ERA. Uh, I'm really kind of uh, stretching myself on this one, but I think Roy Halladay, you know, he's good. Right, and if anyone has ever seen Dave Cameron stretch, you know how horrifying it is. The thing to ask you though here is, here's a question. Uh, with the with the quality of that pitching staff right now, Dave Cameron, uh, is there is there a situation? Do you think, and maybe you saw this with with Felix Hernandez and Cliff Lee together last year, where good pitchers can make each other better? Do you think that? You exists? know, I think I, I think it's not necessarily with Cliff Lee and Felix. I think uh, the guy who gave the credit to Felix or to Cliff Lee really helping him was Jason Vargas, who was uh, you know a lefty without great velocity who relied on his changeup and kind of. Uh, credited Lee with teaching him how to pitch and how to, you know, attack hitters in certain ways and throw more strikes. And so I think that there could be uh, a similar effect for maybe a guy like Cole Hamels to have a Cliff Lee around where they have similar approaches and, you know, Lee can maybe teach him a few things and help his cutter improve. Apparently he added the cutter last year, but it wasn't very good. And Cliff Lee's got a really good one. So, you know, I think there could be help for someone like that. I don't know that uh, there's really that large an effect, though. I think for the most part, pitchers throw what they throw and um, you know, besides learning a new pitch from someone which is irregular, I don't know that having Roy Halladay and Cliff Lee and Cole Hamels around is going to make Joe Blanton into an awesome pitcher. Although Joe Blanton's not bad. He's not bad, but uh, as you pointed out, he has no expression. No, I know. Although there were some, <laughs> there were some good, good ones on that post which appeared also at Knockoffs, and uh, they mostly involved pizza. <laughs> uh, well, I know Jeff from Lookout Landing used to call them cupcakes. Why is that? Just because it's fun? I just look at him. He Joey, looks like a guy who call Cup- cupcakes. Yeah, Joey Cupcakes. I like that. Uh, yeah, he does. And he's got. A, he has a giant head, and he's just always sweaty. You know, he's just per- profusely sweating. Um, Klaassen, 
don't comment on Joe Blanton's um, pituitary glands or whatever sort of glands. Uh, well, that's all I've got. Okay, <laughs> moving on. No, who do you yeah. think for Cy Young's? Uh, spit it out, Clawson. Uh, I have Lester in the AL2 for the same reasons. Uh, he's a really good pitcher, so I don't think it's necessarily a travesty, but he's going to win a ton of games. Everyone likes him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, well, I think, uh, which is not the end of the world, um, what I think is a little bit too bad is that uh, we're kind of missing out. Uh, I think the war, war wins by replacement contest, the best best performing pitcher in the AL, according to Fangraphs, will be, uh, there's this interesting little dynamic, it will either be Felix or uh, Justin Verlander. I think we might kind of have a little bit of thing with Verlander, uh, not saying he's as good, but that we kind of had when Halliday was in the AL in the uh, early years when Johan Santana was at the top of his game. So Halliday would put up these great years, but Santana was just out of this world uh, for a few years there, so he's always a little bit better. Uh, that, of course, that for Santana, that resulted in uh, multiple Cy Youngs in a row. I mean, Halliday did win one uh, back in uh, 2003, I think. Uh now, with but the, so, so the Detroit score, be, will Detroit score, Clausen? I mean, will they will they score enough runs while Verlander is pitching to make, you know, to to bring him uh, to the fore in terms of getting attention from voters? He'll get some. I th- I think both Felix and Ver. I, I you know I don't think I mean who knows I I don't want to put down the voters they did well last year. I don't think if Felix wins has another you know sub five hundred season or whatever they're gonna it's gonna be harder for them to vote for him again. Uh, the, I mean unless he just pulls a Pedro Martinez you know nineteen ninety nine kind of thing. Uh, you, mean, uh, you mean befriends a midget? Is that what you mean by pulling a Pedro? Yeah, right, right. Um, uh, it's but. <laughs> I was trying to think of a short player on the on the Mariners I can make fun of. I didn't want to get anybody wrong. Sean I didn't have, I didn't have, who, wait, who what? is it, Cameron? Sean Pickett. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if I, yes, I will vote for him with my non-existent vote. If there's a picture of them both in goggles with him lifting Sean over his head, uh, but if but but you know I think with Verlander it'll help him, but it's not going to be compared. To, I mean, Lester is going to have that same kind of support. I think Verlander and Felix will both do well in the voting. But I just think if Lester wins some, you know, he can win some ridiculous amount of games and have good numbers, and that's just. Uh, no, wait a second. No, um, no one's mentioned Francisco Liriano, and I think that if I, you know, if I'm not mistaken, he might have finished even first in the American League in XFIP last year. Uh, he did, yeah. He he did. I mean, is it is it uh, Cameron? Is it is it because he doesn't throw as many innings? Uh, is that why he's well, not getting consideration? I mean, I think that. Uh, Liriano is always a candidate for the disabled list. His arm action is not good. He's already had significant arm problems in his career. Uh, he's not the 250 inning workhorse that a Verlander or a Felix or one of these guys is. Um, and I think, you know, there's legitimate questions over how many games the Twins are going to win this year. So I think, uh, you know, you could argue that Liriano is going to be in the mix, but I think that he would be somewhere down the list simply because of a uncertainty of a lack of quantity of innings. Yeah, but at least at least though he's the he's a guy who can strike out some guys in that rotation. It, this is why I, I like Cameron's pick for the Twins not winning the division. The rest of that rotation is just a bunch of pitch to contact guys, except for kind of Scott Baker. With I mean, are the Twins going to have one of the worst defenses in the league this year? I think so. Is Casilla not uh, what sort of shortstop is he? I've yeah, not heard glowing reviews of him. Casilla is yeah. awful. He's really, really bad. Is it his arm or his range or his... It, 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 it's everything, but mostly... His ability to play baseball, I think, is a problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, Casilla is a, probably a slightly below average defensive second baseman. So, you know, I would compare him defensively to Jose Lopez. No. <laughs> yeah. That's really mean. That's but, at least yeah. he's got, but at least he's got a good bat. Oh, right. At least he'll make up for it with his hitting. 
Now, is that just one of those things? Is that uh, is that one of those guardy moves? Where or or uh, what is it? Am I thinking of uh, is it Terry Ryan? Is he their uh, their GM? I, I mean, no, Phil Smith is their GM. No, afraid, well, well, correct me if I'm wrong. I think this that might have more to do with them not thinking. Uh, Nishioka uh, can play short well, which I mean, maybe he'll be able to play better than Casilla, but that he fits better at second base. Which, uh, from what, you know, talking to Patrick Newman, uh, sounds like might be the case. Nishioka doesn't have a great arm. I'm not saying that's the right decision, but I think that's probably the thing behind it. Doesn't it seem I think un- that, that, that is the logic? Yeah. Doesn't it seem unwise to enter the season without a shortstop? Well, the San Francisco Giants are trying to repeat their World Championship without a shortstop, so apparently that's the new in thing to do this year. Yeah, Brewers. <laughs> The Brewers? Oh, yeah. Well, the Brewers have... Uh, oh, man, the Brewers. Um, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to the Brewers. We'll get, we'll get to the Brewers. Wait, uh, Klaus, will we get your National League pick? Because it's pressing. This is pressing information. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't... Uh, I don't care about the National League. No, I... Shoot, I can't... I, I had one, but no, I, I, no, I think uh, it'll be Halliday or Lee. If I, I'm a little bit worried about Lee staying healthy enough. Sometimes I wonder... Uh, Sometimes I wonder about that, you know. But with Halliday, he seems like a guy the voters are going to be okay with uh, uh, giving a couple in a row to, especially since you know he's pretty good. Sorry, I don't want to overdo the sarcastic understatement. But I, but I, I'll tell you who I think might. Uh, this is a little bit of a ex homer pick. I think uh, Zach Greinke uh, might have the. I'm not saying he's the most talented. I, I, I do think he is, but uh, he might have the best season uh, of all the NL pitchers. But there's going to be some serious ERA fib lag there, uh, given uh, the lack of. Uh, Fielders on the Brewers. Oh, but there is one fielder. He plays first base. <laughs> it's, it's oh man. My... Well, my, we might need to end on that high note. Yeah, no, no. We have to do. Uh, I want to do another thing at least before we leave, and that's uh, something Cameron did that I really liked was uh, random guesses uh, about the season. And I, this is this to me is kind of fun because it's not it's not sort of based on having to interpret how the you know the voters. Uh, you know, will feel about a certain player or the sort of story they can tell about him. Uh, it has more to do with just, you know, like actual things that might happen. And, um, and of course, as, as Joe Paul would, would note, uh, time will only tell if these things bear out. But, uh, Cameron, can you, can you uh, rehash for us uh, one of those random guesses you had about the season? Well, I think maybe the one that I probably am the part that's out of the limb on uh, in actuality this time is the Rangers winning the American League West by 10 plus games. I know a lot of people are looking at Oakland and saying, oh man, it's a great pitching staff and they've added some bats and they're really going to make some noise this year. And i got to be honest, I just don't see it. I think their pitching is dramatically overrated. I think uh, there's a couple good starting pitchers there. I love Brett Anderson, but the rest of that rotation is just okay. The rest of their ERA is mostly park and defense driven. And, uh, you know, their defense isn't what it was. Mark Ellis is breaking down. There's uh, some legitimate problems uh, with a lot of their outfielders staying healthy, and you know they have depth there, but we don't really know what their starting outfield is going to be on any given day. I don't think Derek Horton is a true talent plus 15 UZR guy at first base, um, and so I think like there's some real questions about how good their run run prevention is going to be, and that offense is not good. I mean, even if you add to Jesus and Matsui and some of these nice role players, that is not a good offense, and. Uh, I just don't think the A's are better than an 80, 81, maybe 82 win team. I think the Rangers are going to run away with that division. You know, it, it's we could say maybe it's the same thing with the A's as it is uh, your Seattle Mariners. We know that, uh, well, obviously uh, Billy Bean and uh, Dave Forrest have excellent reputations in the uh, baseball community, especially this, you know, the, that part of the community that's interested in looking at uh, maybe advanced ways of doing things. And of course, uh, the Mariners have. 
um, have some real talent in their front office, and yet um, the, the A's and, and certainly the Mariners are probably going to be fielding uh, products this season that you know would be lucky to win. Uh, well, maybe not in the A's case, you know, 81 games, but you know, maybe more than 85 would be is is out of the realm of possibility, or at least unlikely. Uh, well, is is this just something that those that those teams have to deal with, or I mean, do they feel like they've made distinct errors? I mean, they're obviously different situations, but how do you read the, those cases where you enter a season, you know, with the likelihood that you're going to win the division, you know, below like 10 percent essentially? Yeah, I think like both teams play in significant pitchers' parks, and so they have decided to tailor their teams to their park, which I think there is some. Uh, advantage in doing that, and so I think both teams have shifted the focus of their team building towards pitching and defense and run prevention, but I do think that there's also just an inherent problem in attracting top-end talent to come hit in these stadiums to where you really have to develop these guys from within because you're just not going to get a big slugger to come play in a park that's going to you know, knock 10 home runs off his line, and uh, you know, I think that neither the A's or the Mariners have done a great job in recent years of developing that kind of impact uh, middle of the order kind of hitter, and so now they're left where they can't find one, and they don't have any in-house, so they're left piecing the other lineups full of slap hitters and, you know, guys who would hit sixth or seventh on the Red Sox or Yankees are hitting third and fourth on their lineup, or in the Mariners' case, a guy who would hit ninth on the Red Sox would hit fourth on the Mariners. So, um, I think both teams have just kind of found themselves in a situation where their roster construction philosophy and a lack of ability to develop an internal Superstar slugging first baseman have left them in a situation where they just don't have the necessary offense to compete. Well, what's the ideal sort of player in those types of parks? Well, I think in Faithco, certainly we see the asymmetry of you know the left field and right field walls. You want a left-handed pull power slugger, and that's what they really hope Justin Smoke turns into. It was the reason they took the Texas package over the New York package. Is Montero is a right-hander and is going to get killed by Faithco, so they took Smoke because they're hoping he can just pound the balls down that right field line and, you know, hit 35, 40 home runs, whether he actually turns into that or not, uh, only time will tell. But uh, <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, really in Faithco, you want a left-handed pull power guy. In Oakland, I'm not sure. It's tough to hit it to all, all, all fields there. That's not as asymmetrical. asymmetrical. It's just a tough part to hit. And so, you know, I think there might be some value in doing what the A's are doing and just getting a bunch of guys that hit the ball on the ground and run. Yeah, yeah but the A's, or the, sorry, the, the Mariners won... Well, I mean, both teams have won a lot of games before. The, the A's won, you know, more than 100 games a couple times in the early aughts, and the Mariners won 116 games. I mean, is it because they had players like uh, Allroot and Edgar Martinez, who not distinctly power hitters, but like good, you know, essentially line drive hitters who get on base a lot? Well, yeah, the Mariners' uh, early early decade success was essentially built around an offense that had Edgar Martinez and Brett Boone, who were two right-handed opposite power opposite field power guys, who weren't actually hurt that much by Safeco Field. Both of them had significant power to right center field, and so they could still do pretty well in Safeco. And their opponents come in town and just have their balls die in left center field. And then they had some good left-handed bats as well. And so um, I think the Mariners are now realizing they need to get back to that kind of the right-handed bats need to be able to go to right center. And, you know, Oakland has developed guys like Jason Giambi and Eric Chavez and Miguel Tejada who could actually hit. And so they actually had some real legitimate power hitters who would come up through the system, so they were able to afford them in their pre-ARB years and, you know, their cost-controlled years. And right now the A's just don't have that many guys like that. No, they don't. Okay, that's good stuff, Dave Cameron. Thanks a lot. Uh, Matt Clawson, random guest, do you have one? Just one? I've prepared multiple Oh, you have. Uh, I, I, I will. Yeah, but we don't have time. I'll, I'll give you one. I had. I'll give you two. Uh, two. One short one. One more interesting. The short one is that I think uh, Travis Snyder will hit uh, 
around about the same number of home runs as Jose Bautista will this year for the for the Blue Jays. Mm. Uh, is that a good somewhere. thing? Is that damning, yeah. is that damning so, with, the, with faint praise? No, that's somewhere in the 30s. Uh, I'm not sure what he'll do with his other things. Uh, the more interesting one is I think Atlanta is going to win the NL East. Uh, it's, I think it's going to be really close. I think, uh, though, although, you know, depending on Chipper Jones and he will have his annual trip to the DL, I think it will be canceled not only by Utley, but probably by uh, declining performance and probably DL stints uh, of a lesser variety, at least, for Jimmy Rollins and Placido Polanco. And maybe even one of the pitchers like Oswalt or Lee, which won't kill the Phillies, but uh, and the and Atlanta is not a uh, certainly has its weak spots, but uh, I think that will come down to the wire. And actually, I think uh, whoever loses there, in this case, I'm guessing it's Philly, is going to be maybe maybe fighting for a playoff spot with the second place team in the NL Central. Clawson. Do people understand how good Jason Hayward is and is going to be? I mean, he is so good. He has young player skills. He has old player skills. And also, he's just a tall, beautiful man. I think the, what's really underrated here is his middle name, which I still insist is Adenolith, even though somebody told me it wasn't, uh, which uh, is awesome. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't think uh, – I think people can't stop talking about it, but I think – but uh, but I do agree that I understand <laughs> what it means for somebody this young to hit that well. Um, well I, last, I, I mean he's 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 twenty one he's he's twenty one uh, this season. Yeah. He, he turned twenty one last August. And that's uh, frightening. I mean that's sort of like uh, I've, I've heard some people lately saying they think. Uh, I mean a comparison. Uh, if I'll, I'll try to get back to this. Evan Longoria is and this is what he is. Uh, Evan Longoria just turned twenty five. Uh, yeah, he's been the same. He's been awesome offensively, you know, when he was uh, 22, when he was 23, when he was 24. Even though it was about the same, I mean, you still expect growth from that. Um, Hayward's younger than that, <laughs> than Longoria was when he put up an awesome season. And offensively, obviously, there's some differences. Uh, I mean, I think there's some questions. I think some people wonder, uh, you know, he's had some injury problems, I think, in, in, the, in the minor leagues. might be wrong about that. Uh, he's, he's really big, and so that might limit his ability uh, long-term to stay in right field. Not that he, I mean, he's, he's a great athlete, but sometimes 6'5", 240 is just 6'5", 240. Um, uh, I'm not saying, yeah, yeah uh, but yeah, he's just, uh, I mean, to have a walk, 15% walk rate at that age uh, is, 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 is pretty amazing. And the thing is, is it's not like he hit for crazy power last year. No, right. right? Well, he, he had a seven but that, and, and I think yeah. that, that might have curtailed some of his numbers. That's going to come. I think with both uh, Hayward and Buster Posey, uh, what we might see is we might see them not pl- hit as well this season. Uh-huh. And I think the immediate reaction there is a sophomore slump or they, they're not as good as that. I think that's just going to be uh, regression in the mean, especially in Posey's case. This is a relatively small sample. I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to be they're going to be uh, really good. I, I think Freeman is a good, is sort of a I hate this is cheesy word maybe a sleeper for uh, rookie of the year. I think Belts probably is a better hitter. Uh, that was Dave's uh, thing, but I think uh, in Freeman's case uh, for Atlanta, uh, even if, if Belt outplays him, which he, which he probably will, I think I suspect uh, that Atlanta will be in the race longer than the Giants are, and I think Freeman might get more attention. Charlie Blackman is who you think is going to be rookie of the year? That yes, that that's that's a Colorado uh, Charlie Blackman. I, I, you know, I mispronounce stuff all the time. Do you remember? Do you guys remember on a podcast very similar to this one, almost exactly a year ago? The degree to which I was singing the praises of, of Colby Lewis because I used my, I, I have a, I, you know, I mean, let me uh, compliment myself 
for a little bit here, a mystical sense about players, right? It's mystical. I, I was under the impression, Carson, that you just looked at the Chone projections. Yeah, that's dumb what you're saying. It's inaccurate. <laughs> um, it, but well, whatever. You know, however, however it comes to me, it, it, singing his praises. And what does he do? He has a, a fantastic season followed up by was it three or four dominant postseason starts. Um, I'm just. But saying, they didn't. But they didn't even win the World Series. That's true. Well, he wasn't that strong. He wasn't that powerful. Uh, Joe Paul. What do you have to say for yourself for a random guess? Is that has that been you that's been typing, by the way? Hear you. No. <laughs> okay. Continue. Uh, I'm gonna go with one surprise is going to be Luis Castillo catching on with either the Twins or the Tigers and producing a uh, 350 on base during his his stint there. I think that uh, I don't know. It, it, he gets a lot of crap these days. I think it's way too much. If he, you know, there's questions of his range and there's questions if he can stay healthy, but I think he's going to produce better, at least on offense, than you know, than what the Twins have in the infield and Will Rhymes over in, uh, over in Detroit. Yeah, well, so what do you think is going to happen in Minnesota? Then you think Nishioka will move over to shortstop? Yeah, I think that's eventually. I mean, if I, I think that's probably the easiest solution for them is to find a second baseman and move, uh, move him over to short. Yeah. But yeah, they could. They could. They, I mean, they could easily find a shortstop. But I just think that you know Castillo is going to catch on somewhere. I think there's just too much there, uh, too much even recent history of 350 on base percentages, and that's good. it's just better than so many second basemen out there. That he'll right. he'll find some he'll find some team that can deal with his lack of range, and okay. then he'll and then he'll challenge John Heyman to a cage match after the season's over. Well, I look forward to that. Uh, Joe Paul, who's going to win the uh, World Series, and who's going to who's going to be in the World Series? Who's going to win it? Uh. From before, I, I actually made the prediction just on another podcast before. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the uh, the Reds in the World Series. Yeah. Uh, just I think Edison Volquez. My other prediction was going to be that Edison Volquez uh, is back by June, is pitching like he did in 2008, and that the Reds are gonna run away with that division. Edison Volquez is so good. Do you know that his uh, last year his changeup got, uh, got had the same whiff rate basically as Tim Lincecum's? I did not know that. Yeah. Well, that's something you know now. Yeah, he's got a magical changeup. <laughs> Yeah, it just uh, it falls out of nowhere. Uh, let's see, Clausen, what do you got for World Series? Who's going to be in it? Who's going to win it? Uh, I'm going to say the Rockies, and uh, what? Yeah, oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I mean, you're. The, <laughs> it's, it's, it's I'm gonna, yeah, sorry. I thought I heard. Uh, I heard. Thought I heard something <laughs> interjecting. Uh, I'm going to say the uh, Rockies and Rays, and. Uh, the Rockies are going to win. The Rockies are going to win. That's uh, yeah, that could happen. Uh, Cameron, what do you think? Uh, I've got Red Sox over uh, Braves, and uh, I, I'm actually with Boston. I think the Braves are going to win the National East as well. So, two out of three Fangraphs podcasters agree the Phillies are going down. Yeah, because well, that's because we hate we all hate Philadelphia. It's very true, and we hate San Francisco. So, oh yeah, you know, so God, I mean, we, I'm glad we like really hate San Fran. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you guys know this about most of their pitching staff is that they can suppress home runs for fly balls. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I've heard. Cameron, you were pretty quiet during the podcast. What are you What are you doing over there? Are you doing Are you doing Are you writing an article as we speak? I, I am not writing an article as we speak. I uh, I was overwhelmed by uh, remembering how much Clawson talks, and so I was just sitting here, you know, remembering from that last year's podcast that mm. Matt can do quite the soliloquy. Is that smart? Is that smart? I thought he was pretty responsible today. Klaus, I, I really did appreciate 
I thought I was reining it in too, but now I'm back into my. Now I'm going to have to go back into my self hate closet. Yeah, I know. He's good at, you're, you've just crippled his self esteem, Cameron. Cameron, would you describe oh. yourself as a as a leader of men, as a born leader? Uh, well, I don't know. When you look around at the staff that I'm leading, I, I don't know that I would consider myself a leader of men. Oh, I love. Zing. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I will I like say, that. people have sometimes uh, asked on the the website or the site. Uh, it's a it's a website. It's an internet website. The um, you know oh, oh are there any pictures from Arizona? You know we I'd like to see one. And it, it's we've said it before, but no no one really wants to see a picture of all of us together. I still I have some video that's going to appear at some point. At some point, you've been threatening that for over a year. Yeah, well I'm lazy too. But oh, oh well, Carstooly, that's what we're going to call you by the way, Carstooly. What are your picks? What are my picks? Uh, I love Edinson Volquez. Uh, I, 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 I like him a lot as a Cy Young pick uh, for, for reasons that I've stated. I, I mean, he does a lot of the things, obviously, that pitchers could do the uh, well, uh, and, and the walk rate is a bit of a concern, but the way he pitched towards the end of last season, I think, um, my foretell. I, I mean, I think that you know he's got a lot of range in his possible outcomes, but I think the upside is very impressive. Um, I like Liriano in the, in the American League uh, because I feel like I, you know, I'm the sort of guy who goes, who either goes big or goes home. And actually, uh, conducting this podcast from my home uh, maybe is more telling than, than the quality of my pick. Uh, but I, I like I like Francisco Liriano to win it. I, I don't mind the Verlander pick either. I think both, both those guys are quite good. Uh, Charlie yeah, I Blackman, I like to win the uh, Rookie of the Year in both the American and National League, unprecedented. Um, only if that is if Chris Balcom Miller is not called up. In, by the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> and if, is it, he's got to be from New England. I mean, what kind of patrician wuss name is Balcom Miller? I, what do you mean? Because it's uh, hyphenated? Yeah. Well, what, there, um, I don't know. Maybe he's Australian. Didn't uh, Ryan, Ryan oh, Roland right. Smith? Oh. Well, here, Carson, I think my one concern with, with Liriano is that I think the Twins will eventually figure out that Kevin Slowey should be in starting rotation, and they'll do that, and they'll put Liriano in the pen. Well, that's awesome. Does that, does that worry you at all? That that sounds that's that sounds guardy ish to me. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it, the joke, the running joke about the twins not liking strikeouts, it would be a lot less funny if it were any less true. Well, if Liriano moved to the <laughs> to the uh, pen, that that would be the capper. Um, but I don't think that unless Lou Pinella uh, is sort of does he work for the organization now? I don't think so. So uh, that's okay. Uh, in terms of winning it all. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't care. I actually stopped watching in the postseason. I, you know, I know that's not really a thing that I'm supposed to admit, but I love the I love the regular season. Uh, and the postseason to me is, you know, it's all it's it's there's too much attention. There's too much emphasis on each pitch. You know, well, the, so I stopped watching. Well, I can see why, why you wouldn't want. I can see why you wouldn't watch the postseason. I mean, last year's was so boring and so predictable. Shut up, Cameron. What'd you say? Uh, you know, so I guess we're gonna have to inform you that Colby Lewis actually pitched well last October because right now you're just guessing. I looked at the stats afterwards. You know, I, I don't know. Do you, what a do you nerdy get, thing to do. Yeah, it's just it's not as fun. I did enjoy doing the live chats though. That that uh, that holds my attention during it. Um, and there, you know, maybe now with Knockgrass it'll be easier to watch. I don't know. I just love the pace of the regular season. It's always on. I can turn the radio on, and now I got the uh, PS3 over here. I can watch that. You know, the, well, no, the postseason post is like that too. When the Yankees and Red Sox are in, the game is always on. I mean, it's, it's on <laughs> yeah, when you wake it's up. It's on, on when you go to bed. So like, the Yankees and Red Sox game is never in. <laughs> it's on. It's on all day. No, I, 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 man, I can't stand 
uh, Red Sox Yankees games anymore. Uh, it's probably the one case in which I find myself maybe in a, in alliance with uh, Joe West. And, and in this and in this sense, I think although they're underrated, have been underrated, and, and maybe appreciate Save Metrically, that's one more reason to hate guys like Marco Scudero and Brett Gardner. You're not going to hit a home run, just swing. <laughs> God, I mean, I appreciate them statistically, but just waiting and waiting for a freaking, you know, single to left. Well, yeah, it's coming, though, so watch out. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, this this podcast is clearly devolving, but I want to say it was a lot of fun. Way, you know, way more fun than I remembered them being last year. Um, so kudos to you guys. Uh, we'll start we'll start north and go south. Um, Matt Clausen, th- again, I, I think you really did a fine job today. and uh, I think I was awesome, almost as awesome as the season that Unieski Betancourt is going to have in Milwaukee. It's hard. You you only speak every day as opposite day for Matt Clausen. That's how you that's how it works. But thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Joe Paul, thank you for, for joining us and also um, allowing us a brief window into your typing skills. Which uh, uh, Yeah, I, I, you know, I, thought I, I thought I had that covered. Sorry, Carson. No, no, it's uh, it's just ruining the oh. podcast. So. And also, I, I think exception to your uh, this being more exciting than last year. Why? There were no threats of slashings or stabbings on this podcast. Last there were year? lots of like dying in a fire, though. No, yeah, there, there were there were you guys made offhand references to to serious guns. Oh, yeah, we, we had guns. We had guns. What am I talking about? Yeah, right. And this is we're just getting started, guy. The season hasn't even begun. So. Well, maybe that's why maybe that's why Longoria is going to win the Cy Young because he's got a rifle for an arm. Oh boy, it's not like the uh, it's not like the laser that Ishiro has though. Um, isn't that right, Dave Cameron? Who, by the way, for joining us, New American South, I want to thank you for joining us. And I I will I will implore you next time we do this, whether it's next week or maybe at the All Star break or something, uh, that you uh, that you speak up, Dave Cameron, because I like to hear it when you interrupt these guys. Well, you know, I was thinking about interrupting them, but I, I uh, you know, I just. Everything they said was so smart and so uh, intelligent that I just didn't have anything to add. Oh man, it sounds like you're laying it on thick. I don't know why. Why you're doing? Why very you're doing? sincere. Yeah, right. The most sincere. All right. Well, for those, uh, for these three jerks, and uh, for me, Carson Stuley, uh I want to say thank you very much for listening. Uh, please tune in at the All Star break when we have, uh, you know, whatever the uh, sequel to this, and uh, and uh, and listen early and often to all the episodes of Fangraphs Audio. Thank you.